you here. You're a guest with us too, visiting with family. Welcome to our church. Um, this morning, we're going to be in Matthew 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 1. We'll be there in just a moment. Kids, we're happy that you're here. Okay? Parents, we're not bothered. This is your reminder. We're not bothered by the kids at all. So if your kid's fussing a little bit or a little talkative here and there, don't freak out about it. You don't need to rush out. You're welcome to go to the back if that would be helpful. Um, but you're not going not gonna to mess me up. Uh, today's message will be shorter than normal because it's Christmas Eve and we realize that there's kids with us and we're glad that you're here. It'll have a mixture of points for the kids and for the youth and for the adults. And so, kids, I want you to pay attention this morning, okay? This is for you too. Okay? And adults, just because there's some points for the kids, does not mean that it's just a kid's message and you can zone out for 20 minutes. This is for you too. Okay? Here's a question for kids that are five years or younger, okay? So if you're older than five, don't, don't blurt this out. Does anybody know, who's five years or younger, know how Jesus came to the earth? How did Jesus come here? You just magically pop up one day? Anybody know? If you know, raise your hand. If, are you on, you're not under five. <laughs> you sneaky man. He came as a baby, right? Yeah, he did. Wonderful. Well, we are going to read a little bit about that here in just this morning. So hopefully you're at Matthew 1 right now. And starting in verse 18 is where we'll be. Matthew 1, 18. I'll read the passage and we'll continue to go through. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When Mary, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with, with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, so here's the story, guys. Jesus' mother, Mary, was betrothed. That kind of means kind of like engaged, about to be married to this man named Joseph. Okay? But they weren't quite married yet. And Mary found out, from an angel named Gabriel, that she was going to have a baby. That's not in this passage, but in Luke we find that out. Mary found from the angel Gabriel that she was going to have a baby, and Mary asked, how will this be, since I'm a virgin? I've not been married yet. 
Because, you know, it takes a mom and a dad to make a baby. And she's thinking, I'm not married to Joseph yet. How's this, how are we going to have a baby? How am I going to have a baby? But the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit of God is going to come upon her, and she will conceive a child by the power of God. And so this baby is not like any other baby that's been born ever. No baby's been born like this. And this is actually foundational to our faith. We don't have time for it this morning, but it does actually matter that Jesus was born this way. He was born without a sin nature like us. All humans have a sin nature. But because Jesus was born this way, he's able to save us from our sins. He doesn't have that. Adam sinned. You guys know Adam sinned in the garden. He ate the fruit he wasn't supposed to eat. Okay? And God cursed him. Cursed all man. And that sinful nature has been passed down generation and generation. So you were born with a sinful nature. But since Jesus was born this way, he's able to break a curse for us. He's able to pay for our sins. He's able to be sinless. But that's a sermon for another day. It's just important, as you think about the magnificent plan of God, that we would have never thought of this, could have never thought about this, and we should give thanks to God that God sent his son this way. Anyway, Mary is going to have a baby, okay? Not like any other human born. This is how Jesus is fully God and he's fully human. He's not 50% one and 50% the other. He's not half and half. You guys date chocolate milk and milk? Kind of half chocolate, half milk? Not like that. He's going to be born this way. And when Joseph finds out, he's going to be pretty shocked. Joseph, he comes to find out that Mary's expecting a child, but they're not married yet. Now, have you ever seriously thought about this passage and put yourself in those shoes? Have you put yourself in Mary's shoes? In Joseph's shoes? Can you imagine what Joseph would have felt finding out that Mary was expecting a child? He's never been with her. So he knows the child isn't from him. And the logical assumption is that Mary has been with someone else, but he's the one that she's supposed to marry. Think about how devastated you would be if you were in Joseph's shoes. What would you be feeling if you were in Joseph's shoes? Heartbroken? Bitter? Hurt, angry, wanting to scream, wanting to drag that person's reputation that hurts you, drag them down. Kids, have you ever had a friend or a sibling or somebody who's broken your trust? You were trusting them and they lied to you, maybe? They said they would do something, they said they were going to act in a certain way, and then they did the opposite. Did that hurt your feelings? Yeah, well, that's kind of what Joseph is feeling. Joseph finds out this shocking news, and he's left to think that his wife has committed adultery and betrayed him. And it says in verse 19 that Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
So Joseph assumes that Mary's broken this commitment. But the scriptures put in contrast two things about Joseph. It says Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. You know what just means? The word just? It kind of means, it means being in conformity to what is, what's, what's good, what's morally upright. Conforming, being in conformity with what is morally upright or good. Someone who follows and does what is right in a situation is acting justly. So that's the type of man that Joseph was. He was a just man. He did what was right according to the law, but it also says that he was unwilling to shame her. He could have made a scene. He could have embarrassed her. He could have divorced her much more publicly. He wasn't going to minimize what he knew what was sin or what he thought was sin. But at the same time, as not minimizing and not disregarding her sin, he was going to be gentle and merciful and divorce her quietly. I think God puts both those items there to help us see the type of man that Joseph was. He didn't didn't plan to divorce her quietly because he was just an effeminate man who didn't want to deal with how awkward it's going to be, and he's just doing it to serve himself. You know, he just wants to minimize the sin so people won't notice him. No. He would just be serving himself if he did that. Joseph, having a love for justice, condemned the actions that he assumed Mary to be guilty of, but in his gentleness, he was planning to be merciful to her and divorce her quietly. And this is an admirable thing to imitate. It's not the point of the passage, but it's still an admirable thing to imitate. Just because somebody sinned against you and you have the right to make a fuss about it doesn't mean that you have to. Just because you've been cheated against and it would be in your ability to get payback, to make that person pay for their sins, it doesn't mean that you always need to. Lots of men may see Joseph's gentleness as being cowardly or being a wimp. But you can be wrong significantly. And you can be merciful at the same time. When a family member is cold to you, or when your mother or father is cold to your spouse, you don't have to be cold back. When a person makes passive-aggressive comments this Christmas or insults you to another family friend or to a family member this Christmas. You don't have to get even with them. It might be understandable to not be merciful. It might even be justified in certain situations. But at the time, but, at, but there are times that you can be merciful even going beyond what the situation calls for. So kids, when your siblings hurt you with their words... They say something mean, or they lie to you, or they steal from you, or they cheat you out of time with the Nintendo Switch, or time with the book light at nighttime, or they go too long when it's their turn to hold the baby. You don't have to get even with them. You don't have to fight them. You don't have to pay them back. You can trust God, and you can be merciful like Joseph. But before Joseph follows through on all of this, on divorcing her quietly, something happens that changes the course of Joseph's life completely. In verse 20, it says, 
But as he, that's Joseph, considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now we're going to get to the heart of what the angel says to Joseph here in just a moment, but I want to make a quick point. The Bible doesn't tell us how long of time passed between Joseph being made aware of Mary's pregnancy and the angel coming to him in his dream. It could have been that same day. It could have been a week, a couple weeks. We don't know. But it says as he was considering these things. So he's thinking about these things. He's thinking about divorcing. What's this plan going to be? How's this going to go? So he didn't know right away. He didn't find out Mary was pregnant and then, bam, angel shows up. Okay? He's formulating a plan. God could have told Joseph before he found out about Mary's pregnancy, right? He could have let Joseph know, hey, here's the plan, so don't be shocked when Mary shows up and she's expecting a child. Not like the angel got lost on the way to Joseph's dream. He was supposed to come early. No. God, in his sovereignty, allowed Joseph to find out this information that would have shocked him, that would have floored him, that would have broken his heart. He would have felt hurt and betrayed by Mary, and God allowed it to happen and didn't immediately come to his aid to alleviate his burden. Why? Well, we're not told exactly why. But we know that this is what the Lord chose to do. And the point I want to make is that even when we feel like our distress is forgotten by God, He actually always has His eye on us. He might be silent longer than we would prefer. It may seem like He's hiding Himself. Our patience may be waning, but at the right time, in God's time, in God's wisdom that he has planned, he will help us. He will help you. And I find this an encouragement, and I hope you do too. How many of us are going through something where we would have really liked God to show up yesterday? If he would come to our aid yesterday, that would be really helpful. How many of us feel that God's assistance to us has been late, or at least very slow. God could have fixed the situation a year ago. He could have healed you a month ago. God could have brought that person into your life a decade sooner. He could have given you the information sooner. And it's easy to feel like he's forgotten about you, about his plan for you is a bad one. But as Calvin says, However slow or late his assistance may be thought to be, it is for our advantage that it is delayed. Do you believe that? It's hard to believe, but it's true. Do you believe that God may not be coming to your aid as you would like, not because he's angry with you, 
but because he loves you. And it's for your advantage that he comes slower. Maybe you've had an interaction with a customer service agent or you've been buying something and the person that you're interacting with is just rotten, just nasty. And it's clear that they take some sick pleasure in just wasting your time and making your life harder. Or maybe you've had an interaction with an authority figure who's just being a jerk because they're in charge and you can't do anything about it. When I was in high school, my best friend played linebacker and he was the team captain. And so I was supposed to pick him up after a game, so it was late, probably 11, 11.30 would be my guess. Being the captain, he was one of the last ones to leave, and so I had my friend's car, the linebacker's car. And me and another friend were in the car waiting for him. We were just out in the parking lot. And we were bored, so we were just driving around, mostly empty parking lot. This is Carmel High School, so this is giant football stadium parking lot. There might be 50 people still left in the whole lot kind of hanging out. We're just driving around, driving in circles. Not foolishly. I mean, probably didn't, we didn't need to be doing it, but we weren't being dangerous and going really fast, just driving around. Well, this cop in his golf cart who is there for the games comes and he turns his lights on and he pulls us over. And immediately he's yelling at us, telling me to get out of the car. And so I obey. I'm terrified. I'm 16 or 17 years old at the time. I'm nothing but polite and obedient to everything he says. And he makes it his job for the next 30 minutes or so to just humiliate me. Having me put my hands on the front of the car and searching me. It told him that it was my friend's car, so he's acting like I'm stealing the car. And just just being a jerk. Even though I tell him, I, you know, I know who, who is on the title. This is my friend's car. Dan Chapman is on the title. I'm here to pick him up. Doesn't matter. He's making a scene, talking down to me, talking as loud as he can so everybody around me can see how foolish I am with my hands up on the front of the car. And he's clearly just taking pleasure in abusing his authority and humiliating me. He took a lot of pleasure in making me feel strong. He took a lot of pleasure in wasting my time and just trying to make this go on as long as possible for my displeasure and hurt. He took his time because he wanted to hurt me. But when God takes his time, takes his time, he doesn't do so because he's like that cop. He does so because it's what's most loving for us. It's what's best for us. So don't think of God waiting to come to your aid as some sort of cop who's just there to hurt you and make you sit in displeasure for a long time. He isn't like that. He may come in a timing that you might not prefer, but he's coming to you in the timing that's best for you. And I hope that's a helpful thought as you read this passage and you think about this holiday season with the prayers as many of you are are waiting on God to answer many of your prayers. And he loves you, and his timing is perfect. God's timing with Joseph was perfect, even if it wasn't exactly how we would have drawn it up. And in verse 20, it says, the angel says to him, 
Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay, kids, let's recap. The angel tells Joseph, don't be afraid to marry Mary. The baby that's in her is actually from the Holy Spirit. And you should call his name Jesus. Because he will save his people from his sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Do you know what a prophet is? Any kids 12 and under want to tell me what a prophet is? Santi, do you know? Sorry, I couldn't hear it. The one who worships the right God, they, a, a true prophet would be doing that. What is, what's a prophet do? Gus. Neil, you want to tell me what you say? What was that? Okay, yeah, that is true. So a prophet is somebody who tells the future, okay? And Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he told God's people, Behold, a vir- the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you should call his name Emmanuel. So Isaiah was a prophet, somebody who tells the future. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to tell the future? That would be pretty cool. Except for it seems like a really hard job in the Bible, if you're actually a true prophet. Uh, but Isaiah says this. He prophesies this. He says, Someday a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then, does anybody know how many years passed from that? Anybody want to guess? I think it was... If you think it was more than 10 years, raise your hand if you're a kid. More than 10 years from Isaiah? What about more than 100 years? More than 100? You think it's more than 100? About more than 500 years. You think it? All right. <laughs> it was more than five. It was seven, about 700 years from when Isaiah said that to when Mary was expecting a child. 700 years. Kids, someday you should talk to your parents about all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, okay? These prophecies were made and they were told so that we could have confidence that Jesus was who he says he was. We could be confident that Jesus was actually who the Old Testament was talking about. And it's incredible to think through and read through the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And I tried to find a video of it that was concise that we could just share with the parents that they could watch with their kids. I couldn't find anything. They're all like an hour and a half long, which is cool, but like it's going to be hard for a three-year-old to sit there for an hour and a half to read through the prophecies. But if you have something that's a little shorter and that you know of like some video that would be helpful for our families, please pass it along to me, okay? But you should do that sometime. You should see how Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. All right.
Jesus fulfilled the prophecies, including this one that the angel brings up with Joseph about how he'll be born of a virgin. He's going to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, God is with you. God is with you. No matter what's going on in your life right now, God is with you. Do you believe that? Jesus is with you. As you wake up tomorrow on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, excuse me, remind yourself, remind your kids, God is with us. He loves us. The Father sent the Son. Jesus is with us. Jesus is caring for us. Tell yourself that this, tomorrow morning. Remind yourself. He has saved us from our greatest needs, saving us from our sins, but he's also with us through the good times and the bad things in our life. And give glory to God tomorrow, and thanks to God that God is with you, and God is with your family and with your household. His timing is perfect, but even when it seems like his timing is taking longer, he is with you. And even the knowledge that God is with you can help you persevere the hardest of trials. I want to make a quick comment before we end this morning. After Joseph had this dream with the angel, in verse 24 it says, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph woke up from this dream. He had this dream where the angel met with him. And you know what he did? He obeyed God. And that's really what God has called any of us to do. Whether it's the insurance salesman that writes a song. You wake up and you do as the Lord commanded you. You may not have as memorable of a role in God's kingdom as Mary or Joseph. But that doesn't mean that God loves you any less. We all have lots of responsibilities. It might be to build houses or make software or fix computers or be a pastor or be a stay-at-home mom or be on the board of an organization. But God has called you to wake up tomorrow and to obey him. Don't make your life more complicated than that. Wake up and honor God. Wake up and give thanks tomorrow morning that God is with us. Thank God that he has forgiven you of your sins and his mercies are new every morning and go obey him. Go love others. Put your phone down. Wake up and do as the Lord commands. And that in itself is so pleasing to your Heavenly Father. You may, be star- you may be called to start a company and be responsible for hundreds of workers or you may work at McDonald's. You may be waiting on God to answer your prayer request. But today and tomorrow, you can wake up, give thanks to God, because God is with us. He came as a baby, he fulfilled the law as an adult, and he died for our sins to make us free in Christ. So church, tomorrow morning, you wake up, from, you wake up Christmas morning. Kids, you wake up Christmas morning. Listen, the presents are great. They remind us of the gift that God has given us. But your toys are not the main purpose tomorrow. You wake up tomorrow and remember, Jesus is with me. Okay? That's your first thought. Not, not running downstairs and getting that present. 
Remind yourself first, God is with me. God is with us. Okay? It's encouraging. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son in the way that you did. Thank you for giving us confidence by all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Thank you that you are with us. Help us trust you and your timing, especially for those of us who have been waiting for you to come to our aid for quite some time. Father, if we have to wait a lot longer, help us do it with faith and with the comfort that God is with us. Thank you that your timing is perfect and it is only meant for our good. Help us be like Joseph and imitate the qualities that you share with us in your word this morning. Help us wake up tomorrow and be like Joseph and do as the Lord commanded. Help us remember that you are with us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.